innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the wait is up. Fight. WHUP-LP, Hillsboro, North Carolina, coming to you live from the center of the known world. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. We are the show formerly known as the Cage Side Concussion Cast. Uh, my name is Jeff Shaw. I'm in the studio with John Bagels Telford, my, uh, one of my rotating cast of guest hosts. we got some changes coming to the show that I want to tell you about with a brief news segment. This is going to be our special show, uh, a special bonus program. We posted a Veterans Day show earlier because of, of the week that, uh, that we should all spend honoring veterans. But we also wanted to recap one of the biggest uh, local martial arts events around, Toro Cup 5. And we'll get to that, and that'll be the bulk of the show, is where we tell you all what happened at Toro Cup. But first, I'm going to tell you a couple of things about some show notes. Um, we've been doing this for a little over a year. We've made 58 shows, made more than 60 videos about techniques, about nutrition. Uh, we've covered live events. We've done some funny stuff. It's been a really amazing year, but it's time to take it to the next level, which means we're going to make a couple of big changes. So the name of the show is changing. We're going to be Dirty White Belt Radio from here on out. Uh, we want a name that's going to reflect our focus on Brazilian jiu-jitsu and more broadly the healthy lifestyle that's associated with jiu-jitsu. A lot of you guys know that I have a blog called Dirty White Belt, and the idea behind that is uh, as your belt gets darker, you always want to retain the white belt attitude of consistently, constantly learning. And that's sort of what I want to do both with the blog, the podcast, and all this stuff. And so with that in mind, we're changing the name of the show. Also as a preview, we're doing a new web website, which is going to launch later this year, perhaps first of this year, first of next year at Dirty White com that's going to house all of the content we produce. That means podcasts, that means blog posts, that means video instructionals about jiu-jitsu, food and nutrition information, web comics, and one thing I'm really excited about, a unified events calendar for seminars, tournaments, super fight, super fight events for jiu-jitsu and MMA fight events throughout the American Southeast. We'll also have ways that we support the charities that we support, as well as uh, supporting other North Carolina brands. So all of this is going to be housed at the currently under construction DirtyWhiteBelt.com, which we hope to launch uh, at January 1st or uh, even before. And preview, we had so much fun at our live event last year, the Concussion Cast Carnival. We hope to do another live event in 2017. So a lot of really fun stuff happening. What does this mean for you, the listener, the person who wants to support the show? I don't think that it means much is going to change for you. We're transitioning the name on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all the various social media channels. So if you already subscribe to the show in one of those places, you shouldn't need to do anything else. You should still get the show on all the regular podcatchers that you use. If you don't subscribe already on iTunes or Stitcher, please do that. And be aware that when you see something from Dirty White Belt, that's us, the artist formerly known as the Cage Side Concussion Cast. Our goals are always going to be the same. We're going to shine a light on all the fantastic things happening in our local jiu-jitsu scene to talk to the great people making them happen and to bring the best possible interviews with local folks and with the legends of the fighting arts. That's a preview. I have two events or I have two interviews already pre-recorded with some legends of Brazilian jiu-jitsu that I'm really excited to bring you in the next month. 
And we're going to try to spread the word about jujitsu to everybody who needs to hear it. And by the way, everybody needs to hear it. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And I want to thank you for hanging with us through this exciting transition. You can get at us on Twitter and Instagram. Our Twitter is Dirty White Belt. Our uh, Our Twitter and Instagram are both Dirty White Belt. You can still get at us at our Facebook page, which is Cage Side Radio, or search for Dirty White Belt on Facebook. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can email us at cagesidewhup at gmail.com. And if, please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like us, leave, leave us a review. So with that in mind, uh, uh, one other thing I want to tell you is you're still going to hear from Trevor Hayes, uh, who is going to come in on, on occasion to talk about Muay Thai, about MMA, about all the stuff that he gets into. But more often, we're going to have a rotating cast of excellent guest hosts who are going to come in to talk about the stuff that they're a part of. And one of the most active competitors, one of the most successful competitors, as well as uh, a successful teacher, teaches a lot of classes at Forged Fitness and is involved with U.S. grappling. If you play the cage side concussion cast slash dirty white belt drinking game, take a drink because Jeff said U.S. grappling. Anyway, a guy who's really involved in the local martial arts scene and somebody that I'm pleased to welcome into the studio is John Bagels Telford. Welcome, John. Good morning. So John is involved with all manner of stuff in local martial arts, and one of the things that we're both involved with is Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. John is sponsored by Toro BJJ. Toro BJJ puts on Toro Cup Super Fights. Yesterday was the fifth iteration of Toro Cup Super Fights, an event benefiting the, the estimable charity Geese for GIs. We're going to talk to that and break down all 19 super fight matches as well as talk about the events as a whole. But first, John and I want to up to date, keep you up to date on a couple of things happening in local MMA, particularly as, revol- resol- as regards previous show guests. CJ Murdoch. Whoop! Yeah! Good friend of ours, good friend of mine, good friend of John's. Um, show guest last week made his professional MMA debut last night at Conflict MMA. And John, do you want to tell folks what happened? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get a, a great... Um a great like video or view of it. I was actually at a at a friend Slav Bittman's house watching the UFC fights and like caught the stream. I ended up watching it in the corner of his bathroom because that's where like you get the best signal in the house. So I was kind of like refreshing the screen a lot, but ended up seeing him like kick the guy in the head and then knee him a bunch and then finish with what looked like a triangle off of the cage, which is really awesome. Um, all inside the first round. So, yay, CJ. Yay, CJ Murdoch, indeed. He did finish with a triangle choke three minutes into the first round. It was his long-awaited pro MMA debut. CJ had a really successful amateur MMA career, tried to get a pro fight down in Brazil. We thought that was going to happen. And so it's been a long road for him. Big congrats to CJ and to everybody at his team at Grape Grappling. Uh, um, I know that this is the result they wanted, and it's always nice to see hard work pay off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's awesome to see also, I know... uh, you know, Trevor and some of his coaches are happy to, to see him get to use all the aspects of his game that he's been working on. So he got to execute some of his Muay Thai, plus, you know, finish with, with his jiu-jitsu, which is awesome. Excellent. The Dirty White Belt Radio foreign correspondent, Lourdes Cantu, is in Charlotte. She watched the fight. Well, it's Indian Trail, actually, outside of Charlotte. She watched the fight last night. She's going to try to talk to CJ and send us a little bit of audio from CJ talking about the fight. So it's possible we will post that as some bonus content later. But in the meantime, we're just going to congratulate our good buddy CJ Murdoch for emerging victorious in his pro debut. In other MMA news, uh, on a different level, uh, UFC fighter Tim Boach won his fight last night. And now you might ask, why is this significant for the local martial arts scene? And I understand that Tim Boach had been training with a, a local person who has actually been a show guest whose body type is remarkably similar to his. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, and I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure from what the internet and what some people have told me that Tim Boach has been training at TFTC in Clayton. And I know that, 
I've seen pictures of him training with Samantha Seff, which is remarkably smaller than him. Yeah, if you were to clone Samantha Seff, she would be roughly the size as Tim Boach, like two Samantha Seffs. And is or, or Tim Boach's leg. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, she might be able to get a toehold on him if she literally grabbed his toe. Like his toe is probably the size of her, of her calf. You know, he's a, he's a big right, guy. Right. But, but yeah, so Tim the Barbarian Boach won, tra- you know, training maybe with... Maybe it was uh, Rafael Natal, I think. Mm. He, he beat him in maybe the first or second round, I think. Yeah. So that's always exciting to have, uh, you know, a local connection to the major MMA news of the day. Uh, we're obviously most concerned about our man CJ Murdoch, but it, that was kind of a cool thing. And congratulations to Samantha Seff, who also won her second MMA fight, remaining undefeated in the amateur MMA ranks. I know she's trying to get back in the cage soon. She's such a bully. <laughs> yeah, she's right. so mean. Why you got to beat up those other women? She just hits them so much. It's just, ugh, she's so mean, Samantha. Yeah, you know, it's it's okay to submit them too. You know, you can you can take. She them does, out. but she hits them first, <laughs> and she doesn't like. She could probably hit them not so hard. That's what I tell her. I'm like, Sam, Sam, you don't have to be such a bully. It's the gentle art, yo. The gentle <laughs> art. Got to be gentle. And speaking of the gentle art, so uh, Toro Cup events are some of my favorite days out of the jiu-jitsu year, and this last one was the biggest Toro Cup event. Uh, in terms of matches, we had 19 matches, which were really exciting. We're going to try to get, you know, may, if not all of them, we're going to talk about a bunch of them. And so to start with, let's get, give the listeners the overview of the show. This uh, So Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu holds these events occasionally. Toro Cup 5 was at uh, Cage Side Fight Company slash Triangle Jiu-Jitsu right here in Durham, North Carolina. 19 matches with half the proceeds going to Geese for GIs, a nonprofit organization that provides uh, martial arts gear to active duty service members. And it was a really special thing to happen on Veterans Day, I think. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, you know, it's kind of the goal was to, to set it up on Veterans Day to find a, you know, a good local veteran charity to support and then try to find a lot of active duty and retired um, military members to compete on the card, you know, out of... 19 matches we had at least at least 10 active or um retired u.s military which is which is pretty awesome yeah i believe all branches were represented too of the service as well and so so that was very cool and we'll and we'll talk specifically about some of the folks who competed i guess starting right now and and john i guess i would like your take you refed about half the matches in conjunction with sean zorio and so uh, I'm wondering, do you have a favorite match? What do you What did you think was the match of the day? Well, there's, I mean, there's different forms of favorite. I thought one of the one of the most exciting matches and back and forth matches was the Josh Williams and Andrew Bittner match. Um, if you don't know Josh Williams, I didn't know a lot about him before he started doing the Toro Cups. But man, that that guy is a beast. Like I don't know who he's training with at Dosher's Martial Arts. In, in South Carolina, right? Yes, that's Carolina. correct. Yeah. I, I don't know who he has at his gym down there and who he's training with, but that guy is a killer. And Andrew Bittner came out and made it all the way to the sudden death round at the very end, which I don't know I don't know the time exactly, but I definitely don't think I've seen anybody make it out of the first round with Josh Williams, let alone all the way to the third round. And Andrew Bittner was attacking the whole time, had a couple very, very nice-looking heel hook entries and attempts that I know he's been working on. But I think that match was very exciting. I agree. That was a, a spectacular match. And I think you're exactly right to identify, like, Josh is a physical beast. And at, at one point, and I really liked the leg lock exchanges because Josh is also very good at leg locks. And so to watch those two guys go back and forth on transitions was very exciting. Also, I saw it like Bittner was working uh, Kimura's from the bottom half guard. Yep. And that is where I think you saw a lot of Josh's athletic ability where a couple times he was just able to posture up and bust out of the Kimura. And like I was like, man, how, how, is, how is that possible? He also, for being a very 
like what what a lot of people would call a very like bit like athletic or like kind of like strong dynamic guy he is very calm if you watch him compete you know even you know i was watching his face is is andrew bittner's like trying to heel hook his leg off and he's just stoic like nothing's happening da 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 another day at the office yeah no he's he's very athletic and explosive but he's also very smooth and very technical and doesn't look like like at the end of the match it was clear bittner was exhausted which is why i think so as john mentioned Toro Cup rules start with a, a submission-only round. If no submission happens in that round, then we go to a U.S. grappling-based points round of five minutes. If it's tied at the end of that round, then we do a first-to-score, like sort of a golden goal, sudden victory round. And and Josh was able to blast double Bittner <laughs> pretty early on. <laughs> like immediately. Yeah. I, I asked Andrew about it afterwards. I said, like, Andrew, well, what were you thinking? What? at the beginning of that match and he looked at me and he said well I was thinking did you say go because <laughs> <laughs> as soon as as soon as Sean Zoria said go kind of Andrew Bittner was standing there like we were continuing a submission only round yeah. and uh, Josh Williams blast double legged him like through the mat <laughs> yeah. and and that was that was what i agree with you by the way that this was one of the best matches and although that blast double was powerful it definitely wasn't the most powerful throw or double that we saw no, definitely not there were there were some gracie raleigh members that went down a little bit harder <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get we'll get to that in a second but like i anyway i just want to echo your sentiments that that was an outstanding match back and forth battle two really skilled really technical guys certainly one of my two favorite matches of the day I think, um, and you know, and we can talk about outstanding performances too, because there's two ways to judge this, right? Like, an excellent y- your favorite match of the day might be just a back and forth war, which is what Josh Williams versus Andrew Bittner was. And to be to be cl- to be fair about this this matchup with Josh Williams, again, that guy is ter- like to me that guy is terrifying, <laughs> right? Like, ugh, yeah, I watch you wreck some people, right? So I knew that Andrew Bittner like liked the leg lock game, so I thought. All right. Well, let me see about having Andrew do this match with Josh Williams. Maybe, maybe he'll do it. I, you know, I, I hit up Andrew about it. He immediately was like, "Yes, I've been wanting that match." Like he was excited for it, which to me was like, oh, "Are you? Are you have you been drinking this morning?" <laughs> so it was awesome. He was there to win. Yeah, most definitely. Like, and and you know, Bittner really, I think, acquitted himself really well. I talked to his yes. coach Brandon Garner, and and Brand, you know, we'll play a sound file from Brandon in a second talking about his performance. But I, I mean. Neither the I mean I, I sometimes say this about matches like that you know Josh won but nobody lost right that was that was an awesome match and, and definitely everybody in the crowd won yeah for sure so other than that my favorite match was also uh, I think my favorite like in terms of most exciting match was another Gracie Raleigh competitor Chris Luter taking on Kyle Trujillo from Team Rock Fayetteville another back and forth struggle that did wind up ending in submission but not in the initial submission only round indeed that's a tr- that's a trilogy that's been building for a little while now yeah and and like and I talked to to Luter and we'll get Luter's thoughts on it in just a second but but I want you and I to talk about it a little bit first because they they've competed twice at other at US grappling events this was the third one and I, what I loved about the initial submission only round where there was no submission was it was a back and forth match where each you got to see all aspects of each guy's game. There was a lot of stand up. Both guys got the opportunity to be on top and pass. Both guys got the opportunity to show off their guard work. Both guys got the opportunity to like attempt sweeps, attempt submissions, stand up, get back to the sort of wrestling and judo thing that they were doing, where Luter was trying to work his foot sweeps, Kyle Trujillo was trying to work his throws. 
And uh, jo- oh, oh, he worked him. <laughs> he worked him. <laughs> he, he did, in fact, work his throws. And so, by way of segue, do you want to talk us through the finish, John? Yeah, yeah. The, well, so this this matchup, these two guys have been they've kind of they've kind of had a couple back and forth at U.S. Grappling. They actually got paired up. As crazy as it sounds, was it maybe two weeks ago at U.S. Grappling Greensboro, and. I was happened to be the ref for this match. I came over like trying to speed up the day and ended up having to ref this match. And they call him up, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like one of you guys needs to like just be the loser, and we're not gonna have this match right now. You're not ruining, you're not ruining my card again. But luckily, Kyle Trujillo won, which as anybody knows, Chris Luter he doesn't like to lose. So I knew this would just motivate Chris a little bit more to make it maybe a little bit better match for everybody on Saturday at Tory Cup. And, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because Chris Luter doesn't like to lose, and Chris Luter also doesn't like to get thrown on his head. Which, <sighs> which, and, and if you think I'm exaggerating, we're going to post a video of this throw to the Facebook, and this for me was certainly the throw of the ma- of the day, the takedown of the day. And I just played John the, 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 the video, you know, because you, you saw it live, yeah. ref- refereeing the match, and both John and I shouted when this happened. And... Playing the video again, so so what happens is Luter's trying to work his foot sweeps, which he, he was able to successfully foot sweep Kyle a couple times. Yeah, he has a very aggressive foot sweep that he does very well. Yeah, for sure, and Kyle like hit the mat, bounced back up a couple times, and you could tell that Luter wanted to continue to work that game. So Luter does go for the foot sweep, and by doing so, he sort of exposes his hips, and Kyle goes for a drop Sayanagi and hits it, and Luter lands on his face with a thwack that is heard throughout the gym. He landed like inside of his brain, like, like <laughs> I think whatever you guys have under the mats at Triangle Jiu-Jitsu might have a dent in it now. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, there's going to be a little divot that I'm going to that's not a soft for. head. That's possibly the hardest head ever coming down on that mat. And I encourage everybody to go to our Facebook page when you hear this, facebook.com slash Radio, because we will post the, the video and play it with the sound on. Because when you see it with the sound off, it's very impressive. Like, I talked to Kyle afterward, and he was like, yeah, because you can't really see what's happening when you commit to a drop Serenagi. Right. And so he's like, yeah, usually they just roll on through but I just I was like why didn't he I was like he and Kyle was like something got in the way and I was like yeah that something was his melon his brain (laughs) yeah Yeah, and then you know as crazy as it was to have those two big you know big athletic guys you know working takedowns and that big dynamic throw to then have Chris Luter immediately like transition and finesse his way into an omoplata to finish was just like it was awesome. It was, it was yeah, really you know, kind of polar opposites. You got to see everything from these guys. You got to see like a real aggressive stand-up game, and then like a nice finesse finish on the ground. Yeah, John described it perfectly. And you know, you've heard us talk about this match. I'm going to have you listen to Chris Luter talk about this match for about two minutes because what John describes is exactly accurate. We'll, we'll hear from from Luter's coach Brandon Garner about his perspective later on, but. Uh, immediately after getting thrown on his head, Luter recovers guard, has the presence of mind to make a slick transition to the Omoplata, ends up finishing with the Omoplata shoulder lock to win the match. And so, you know, so Kyle Trujillo got the throw of the day, but Chris Luter ended up winning that match. And here's what Luter had to say about it when I talked to him. A lot of energy out there. That was a really, that was a really exciting match. What, what did you think of it? It was tough. Me and that guy, we've been, in, this is like the third time we went against each other and it's always been back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The thing I notice about you and Kyle is that you both keep up the pace and like there's no resting when either of you guys, when either you or Kyle Trujillo is in matches and so it didn't seem like there was much of a pause in the action at all. No, it's just I knew this was a, you know, the super fight 
and I knew we had this time. I was like, hey, let's go hard or go home. Just want no points. So uh, we had to go. So, yeah, it was. So you wind up finishing with an omoplata, and I'm wondering if you can talk me through that final sequence where he hit a drop Sayonagi on you. And it seemed like that kind of fired you up a little bit. Yeah, it did. When it, he hit me with, because I was going to try for another foot sweep, but he hit that, and my head hit the side of that mat, and, and I was like, no. So I have like a light switch. You know, it's off, and I'm doing whatever. Well, that was on. Well, that was like a breaker. It went on. I was like, no. So I had to go. And I, through the whole time, me getting matched with this guy. And then me and him competed just recently at the U.S. Uh, grappling, Greensboro. You know, that time I just, like, took my time. Didn't really, like, push it. And, and then I got, you know, I was kind of worried. But, you know, I was like, I had to go. But I, open ball is my thing. So, yeah. I know you use Omoplata a lot both to sweep and to submit. And so what, was, what what did you do specifically to finish this one? When I hit the ground and got guard, this knee right here was free. And, like, somebody like him, they know how to hold that leg and stop it. And I just had to keep going. And Brandon was like, go, 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 go. So as soon as I went, I went. Anything, anything else about the match or anybody else you want to thank? I'm glad Brandon showed up. So the Brandon you hear him referring to at the end there is his coach Brandon Garner, black belt uh, from Gracie Raleigh, who you'll hear from in just a second. But like, congrats to Chris Luter. That was probably my favorite match of the day. It was either that or the Bittner match, the the Bittner Josh Williams match that John talked about. Um, you know, so Kyle Trujillo gets the throw of the day, the, probably the move of the day, and Luter ends up finishing to win the match. Yeah, yeah. And so and now we're two and one. So since we've given Chris Luter some credit here, the record is still two and one. So we'll have to. We'll have to even this up a little bit. So. Yeah, I don't think anybody would mind watching those guys go at it again. <laughs> you know, maybe at U.S. Grappling Submission Only Richmond, which we'll talk to at the end of the show. Because that's it. what I would like to happen. I would like for it to be 2-2, and then we can settle the score. Yeah, and then I can make, like, a maybe an event poster that's like an old Godzilla monster poster that has, like, Looter against Trujillo 5. But, yeah, so outstanding match. I, by way, we're, we're going to play – so. So Gracie Raleigh had three competitors, and uh, Andrew Bittner you heard about, and Chris Luter you heard about, both of those guys put on outstanding matches. Um, a third match, which uh, was Wes Claytor against Matthew Miller of Dave Jacobs Jiu-Jitsu. Matthew Miller, who is an excellent, excellent, really technical practitioner of Jiu-Jitsu, and probably had about 20 pounds on Wes Claytor, and props to Wes. Wes took that match on, what, a couple days notice? Yeah, Maybe. yeah, within the week, I believe. Yeah. So, and Wes put on, put on a great performance, I thought, wound up getting submitted by Matthew Miller with a Kimura. Um, but you know, certainly acquitted himself well. And I, after 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 um, after Wes's match, I went to Gracie Raleigh's Brandon Garner to ask him what he'd thought about the performance that his guys put on. And here's what he said. So your guys have put on some good performances today. I thought Bittner did really well against Josh Williams. You had uh, you know West just had a really good match against Matt Miller, and then you had and Luter, of course, won by Omoplata. Well, how do you feel about the performances today? Um, they've all done well, win or lose. Um, they're all learning. So that's all that matters. Um, came all the way here you know, to do this. I think Luter uh, did a great job getting thrown right into a, uh, a submission. It's easy when you get thrown to get discouraged immediately and not think about attacking. And I was really happy about uh, Luter's mental performance today. You know, sometimes he gets a little carried away. He's settled in. Um, he's maturing every time he competes. 
Are you thinking about ordering looter to get thrown at the start of every match? I think it's a great idea, especially like the fact that his face went straight into the mat. That was fantastic. Um, can't get enough of that, especially with all the face smashing he does in the academy. A little payback. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Bittner, uh, Bittner did a really good job. He's been maturing a lot too. He's really focused on his leg locks. He got a chance to uh, attack a lot of leg, leg locks on a guy who uh, is very athletic. Um, and it, it showed some holes in what he's been doing, which I think he loves because he, he's going to go back and he's going to be, become better because um, you know, he's, he's going to get a chance to, to see where his holes are. That's what competing is all about. You see where your holes are, you go back, you work on them, you get better. Um, and then Wes, you know, Wes was giving up a lot of weight, took it last minute. Um, that just shows his personality. He just loves to train. Uh, really, really good performance from him, considering the, the weight difference and the, the uh, taking the match last minute. So I'm proud of all my guys. And he has reason to be proud of all those guys. You know, and uh, he mentioned Wes Claytor taking the match on very short notice. Probably the shortest notice. Uh, match that was taken was Brian Crandell of Geese for oh. GIs who wound up taking his match with John Shell. And how, how much notice would you say Brian had? It was about like maybe f- ten minutes or so. Uh, Tim Samario, who is um, John Shell's original opponent, he was like maybe like a minute or two or something a mile away from the venue and got a call that uh, I believe his son had broken his ankle, mm. I believe, and was like in the back of an ambulance. So like he obviously like needed to turn around and go deal with his family. Um, luckily, Brian Brian Crandall, the guy that runs Geese for GIs, uh, stepped up right then. I I believe I don't know this for a fact, but just from the appearances that he was wearing a brand new Toro gi like out of the bag because I could see the creases in it. So I'm assuming that he went up front and got a gi and then came back with a new brown belt also and put it on and then did this match. So that was awesome to see. Yeah, that was tremendous. And like we'll talk about geese for GIs for just a second and then talk about the match, which is so Brian Crandall like founds this organization. Uh, they at the event, so not only did 50% of the gate go directly to geese for GIs, they also set up a box where ju- local jiu-jitsu folks could bring their geese in to donate and these would be distributed to military military service members. Right on. Yeah, and so so and and you know Brian getting to compete is just uh, just a bonus, just yeah. sort of icing on the cake, and and it's never an easy match against John Shell. You know, you might you might beat John, but you'll know you've been in a match because he just keeps a pace, attacks constantly, and that's that's what happened in this match. John Shell is a very game competitor. We've, you know, I've watched John Shell. It's it's weird to say because John's a lot older than me, but I've watched John Shell like grow a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like from when he first got his brown belt and we kind of first met each other. We knew each other as purple belts, but once he really got his brown belt, we started training and and competing against each other. And man, that's a guy that like he's got the gamesmanship. He always shows up like ready to win and you know ready to put on a put on a performance and. And you know, leave it all out there. And I have a ton of respect for John Shell. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, John. Like the two things that, that that augment my respect for John is first of all his attitude. He's always willing to train, always willing to compete, always willing to learn from people, has and to compete against anybody. Anybody. Every anybody. time I ask him, he's like, "You know, you know, I don't care, bagels. I compete against anybody, but I'm just not going to wear a shirt anywhere because I like to not wear a shirt." <laughs> And, you know, show off my muscles. But I'll compete against anybody at any size. I don't care. It doesn't matter. 
And that's true. And one of the you know, John and I have, uh, have both made, or you, John Bagels Telford, and I have both made matches for, for this event. And so you really learn when you're matchmaking who the game ones are. And John is at the top of that A list. He legitimately doesn't care. He would take a match against Godzilla if you, you know, if, if you, if you asked him. Yeah, there's like two ways of making a match is essentially dealing with people. There's like, all right, I have a match in my head and I need to like propose it to both people and see if they're like, both going to be okay with this matchup, and then like, okay, we're both okay, now I can confirm it with both of you. Well, with John Shell, I just, I just figure out who I want John Shell to have a match with, and I ask that person if they want to have a match with John Shell, and then I call John Shell and tell him who he's having a match with, and he says thanks. <laughs> Pretty much. And like and so, you know, again, the, the taking the match on short notice goes both ways, right? Where it's like, hey, we have somebody, you know, you got five minutes notice and you're, you're, and you knew John was going to say yes. He just wants to compete. And John, I thought, put on a tremendous performance, ends up finishing that match by knee bar, really slick knee bar transition. Um, and I know John's been working hard on his leg lock, so that was pretty gratifying to see. Yeah, and from what I understand, it was... I haven't trained with Brian before, but I know Brian got him in side control. And from what people say, Brian's side control, Brian Crandall's side control is... Mm-hmm. is pretty pretty dominant and so John was able to escape from side control from you know a little bit larger guy and, and finish with the knee bar which is pretty awesome yeah I saw Brian Crandall's match with uh, with Brian Edwards the swamp of swamp, of swamp okay. Fox Jiu-Jitsu at Pro Jitsu and like I mean that's a that, I mean two big skilled guys going against each other so like a win against Brian Crandall even on such short notice is no joke and like yeah. both of those so that that was that was a really fun match um, I want to shout out one other example of what I th- what I would, for lack of a better word, call the warrior spirit, which is during the Dewan Owens Ricky Saxton match. Oh God! Ricky, who <laughs> is an active duty service member, Dewan, who is a veteran of the Marine Corps, um, had a no gi match. And like, I seriously thought I was going to die a couple times during that match because those dudes were on the feet trying to take each other down. And like, suddenly I'm like, hey, they're all the way over across the mat. Oh no, they're almost in my lap. And, yeah, and the double leg, the Ricky Saxton double leg would start on one side of the room and finish in the crowd on the other side of the room. Yeah, you're never you're never safe. And like and what 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 killed me, and this is why I brought up the warrior spirit point, like Ricky never stopped shooting. And you know, Dewan's strategy on the feet seemed to be more like a counter wrestling strategy, whereas Ricky was more trying to like initiate the wrestling exchanges. And Ricky's knee was jacked up. Up, but I'm not sure exactly what happened to him. But you could tell he was limping on it, and was still like the ability to shoot a power double and the fortitude to do so when your knees in that kind of condition. I mean, I I, I tip my cap to him. Yeah, I noticed. I was refing that match, and I noticed, you know, at the very beginning that he had like a volleyball knee pad on his knee, and then maybe maybe halfway in, maybe or maybe seven minutes into the submission only round, he put that leg in. He switched his stance and put that leg in the back. And kind of just stood on the front leg and kept shaking it out a lot. But then, like you said, he would just kind of say, screw it, and shoot again off of it. (laughs) It just kind of seemed to keep getting worse and worse. And, you know, I don't know from, like, a spectator point of view, but, like, for me, it it was hard to watch. Like, man, this guy's just, like, his leg is obviously hurting him, and he's just like, keep going, keep going. And keeping going against Dewano and yeah. a high-level pro MMA yeah, fighter. Yeah, it was awesome. Those guys were getting after it. Like, I really got a good workout in that match. <laughs> I bet. And so what happens in that match is, so no submission in the sub-only round. At one point, Cal Trujillo, who's coaching uh, Ricky, is like, are you okay? And, and he just shouts, I'm good, without even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, Kyle's actually yelling at him like, like I, I don't remember this the specifics, but basically like you have like I think basic training or something coming up because Ricky has just enlisted recently back in the national in the U.S. National Guard in Colorado, I believe, and so I think he has something coming up that Kyle's yelling at him like, 
you know, as a, a what a good friend, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they're there to do is to think about the thing that you might not be thinking of as the competitor in the heat of the moment. For sure, for sure. So no submission in the sub-only round. Um, Dewan ends up going up on points um, yeah. with a, you know, takes the... Uh, I think it was a, a sweep and a guard pass, I believe. Yeah, because Ricky went up two points to nil with that blast double. Yep. Then Dewan sweeps and ends up passing to Mount. I think it was either like a it was either like an arm drag mm-hmm. and he came up, I think, or a butter or half like a half butterfly guard sweep. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, Dewan Dewan had been using that butterfly work uh, pretty much the whole match. That's one of his 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 primary things, especially for MMA. He wants to be able to create space and stand up. Um, but yeah, ends up at, so Dewan ends up winning during the points round, and but you know major props to Ricky Saxon. I hope his knee's okay. And, yeah, I think uh, his rib is his rib is hurting him too. But yeah, yeah, yeah that was a, that was a really good match. You know, uh, everything I you know kind of expected and hoped it would be. Uh, great job by Dewan and Ricky. Yeah, definitely tremendous match. Big display of intestinal fortitude by both guys. Um, the, so the fastest submission of the day, cool. and, and every every and every every Toro Cup, Bo- more of the most recent Toro Cups, Boomer offers James Boomer Hogaboom offers a prize for the fastest submission. Last time it was a Toro Gi, this time it was a piece of metalwork done by Dwayne Taylor, who also trains Jiu Jitsu Blue Belt, and that was won by from Tidewater BJJ Anthony Elbert, who won by triangle choke. Uh, I think his second straight finish at a Toro Cup, and I don't know exactly how fast it was. I think it was like ninety seconds, um, but very very impressive performance by Anthony Elbert. Yeah, yeah, that guy, man. I, I can't say enough good things about Anthony Elbert. Like, every time, every time he competes, I see more and more and more. And like, even even outside of his jujitsu, that's a guy that like, he I mean he lives the life that he preaches. Like, yes, he's not a hypocrite. You know, he's such a positive individual. He's always saying like, great things to everybody. And. You know, I can't say enough good things about Anthony Albert. Yeah, one of the most sin- he's one of the most sincere people I know. You know, you you know, sincere, kind, honest, and and grateful, great, absolutely grateful man for sure. And trains his butt off and is good man. Is he's so very legit. good. He's very very good. Because before he hit that triangle, so I I I I mean he he pulled guard. And he just sort of blitzkrieg attacked um, his opponent, Ray Rosado, from Gracie Baja. And I believe he had two or three submission attempts before he finally locked in the triangle. And so if you think about it, like, he won the fastest submission of the day. He submitted his guy in, I think, under two minutes. And he had two or three good submission attempts before he got the one that he finally hit. And that triangle is nasty. You know, last time, last Toro Cup, he finished a guy with a bow and arrow choke, which I've was been awesome. In it. <laughs> it's a terrible triangle. <laughs> I will, you know, man. I guess I'm pulling guard on Anthony. If we ever, if we ever. Oh, it doesn't it. matter. That's what that's what that's what Ray Rosado tried to do in this match. He yeah. actually he actually tried to flying triangle Anthony. Oh wow. Anthony was not having that. No 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 no. You know, and the, and people and people don't know this. People like Anthony's been training. I think just about five years and has a brown belt and is a very legit accomplished brown belt. And that is not easy to do. That He's takes very good. Takes dedication. It takes um, commitment. And anyway, so congrats to Anthony Elbert. Fastest submission of the day. Um, excellent performance. So one of the, the, the I want to talk about the main event, um, and I'm not sure if we're going to talk about the main event right now. I think I want to talk about the main event right now, which uh, featured Greg Walker of Team Gustavo Machado against Nick Walters from Luis Pajares, and it was a Greg Walker active duty service member. And and by the way, people didn't know this. At least I didn't know this. Greg was coming off of wrist surgery. Yeah, and still put on I think a dominant performance where he dominated position for probably ninety percent of the match. Yeah, and winds up finishing uh, by bow and arrow choke. I believe. Yeah, yeah bow and arrow choke. I believe. And uh, so I talked to Greg about it, 
and we're gonna listen to what and and like the other thing that I I mean I, I really enjoyed talking to Greg for a couple of minutes afterward. A um, couple of aspects about that that I want to set up, which is a bunch of people from Team Gustavo Machado from all over, from Virginia. And from I think Sean said that there were like six or eight black belts in his corner. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It they, was crazy the support he had. Yeah, they rolled deep and like people were sharing the video. We put it on Facebook Live. It's still available on, on our on our um, on our Facebook page at Cage Side Radio if you want to see this match. It's not, just a really a, a virtuoso performance by Greg. And so Greg talks a little bit about uh, about his team coming to support him. Talks a little bit about the finish in the match and talks a little bit about being a service member competing on Veterans Day. And so we're going to talk to Greg Walker now for about two minutes. So here with Greg Walker, really excellent finish, terrific back control and transitions to the arm lock. Can you talk me through the, the, the transition to the finish? Of course. Um, I had an opportunity to watch uh, Nick at IBJJF Charlotte. Um, I took some mental notes kind of on his game, and what I had noticed it when you pressure pass, he tends to turtle, so I was really looking for that turtle. Um, and our goal is just to keep the pressure on um, that arm bar presenting itself. And as you heard, like some of my coaches, you know, hey, they give me that little extra motivation. Hey, it's there. Take it. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I kind of just was in the moment and took what was uh, available. I noticed that you were working a lot of collar chokes from the back, but it, I, I hear you had wrist surgery a couple months ago. Did that affect, did. Which, that affect which side you went to at all? Yeah, I can only choke uh, my, my first grip. It needs to be the left hand. So if you notice, I was always on the left side. Um, yeah, just the last couple months, I mean, I had ligament repair, so uh, my hand's close to getting back to normal, but most of my stuff is on my left hand for now. With Team Gustavo Machado, you guys put on, you know, obviously a bunch of tough folks train there. Do you have some training partners that helped you get specifically get ready for this? I mean, the whole team, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at without, you know, Gustavo, uh, William Dorman right here, and, and the entire team. It's from white to black, you know, everybody. You know, the most important person in that academy is your training partner, I believe. You know, they take the time to drill with you, to train with you. So, in my mind, it's the entire team, you know, they all help me out always. As an active duty service member, is there something special about getting it at a benefit for a veterans charity on you know the day after Veterans Day? Of course, you know as active duty military and you know some of myself that jiu-jitsu did save my life. Um, you know I can honestly say that you know I fully support this you know charity and and I'm very happy to take part of you know Geese for GIs just because it hits close to home. I am a you know uh, combat veteran, you know Afghanistan and everything. So you know it, it feels good to be able to bring one home for you know military guys. Is there anything I haven't asked about that you think it's important for people to know about you or your team or your gym or anything like that? Uh, come by. Come If you're ever in Virginia Beach, come check out Gustavo Machado. You know, uh, and uh, I, I think you'll enjoy the training. We're all super nice. We train hard. But at the end of the day, we're all going to be friends. So come check us out. Awesome. Thanks, and congratulations on a great match. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Yes, yeah, so Greg. I thought Greg's performance was outstanding. Really dominated. Was on the guy's back for maybe ninety percent of the match. What are yeah, your What are it, your impressions of the match? I, I looked up and I think it was like fifty eight seconds into the match, he had taken the back and he was on the back for the rest of the match. And I remember like talking to Nicholas Nick out afterwards about it, and because Nick immediately like came up and posted like a uh, like standing but with his like, butt up in the air, but his hand's still on the ground. So, like, he's got Greg's head, like, pointed down at the mat. And it's it's typically, like, a kind of a tough position to sort of just, like, hang on to forever for, if, you're, if you're the person on the back. He did it forever. He <laughs> didn't seem to mind at all. No, and like, with an injured hand, too. Yeah, so. it was crazy. 
Yeah, so that w- that was the main event and one of the two black belt versus black belt matches to end the match. I want to talk about the other one in a second, and then which is Dan- Daniel Frank and Michael Allen, and more broadly the Revolution BJJ performance. Revolution BJJ in Richmond, Virginia went three and zero yesterday. We'll, we'll talk about that. But before I get into that, I want to take a step take a step to one of the earlier matches and one of the matches featuring a young and up and coming competitor, Gabrielle McAuliffe uh, from Rio Pro out of Cleveland, Ohio. And she competed against uh, Nicole Hunt of, of Checkmat. And w- you, you were you instrumental in making that match happen? Um, I mean, a little bit. Uh, I know Gabriella. Um, she is a friend of Toro. She, her father, is good friends with Boomer, and he is one of, one of or the instructor. I'm not sure how many instructors they have at Rio Pro in Ohio. Um, and I run into Gabriella at IBJJF tournaments a lot. And because she's kind of part of the Toro family, I always try to say hey to her and, you know, talk to her and see how her day is going and whatnot. But Boomer asked if we could get her a match on this card. So, I, you know, I hit up Nicole Hunt and Michael Allen, and they were excited to take the match. And I think it was a very exciting, exciting matchup where both, both those ladies really, really bought, brought a good game. I definitely think it was an exciting matchup. Uh, the, the, you know, back and forth was really impressed with both of them. Gabriela ends up winning by Uma Plata. And uh, or was it Oma Plata or was oh no bow and arrow my bad correct um, yeah I, I, had ri- I had my notes written down we'll edit that out in post production even though this is a live show but yeah so Gabriella ends up winning by bow and arrow choke and I was I was very impressed you know she's a relatively young competitor like I'm not sure exactly how old she is I believe she's a teenager uh, uh I, I'm not sure exactly but but, uh, but yeah so she two purple belts really quality performance uh, on both counts, and I actually asked Gabriella a couple of questions after the match, and so we're going to get to that and let her introduce herself to you. You're winning by bow and arrow choke, representing Rio Pro, Miss Gabriella McCollum. So first of all, for folks who may not be familiar with you, can you introduce yourself? Tell us where you train. Okay. Um, my name is Gabrielle McAuliffe, and I train in out of Cleveland, Ohio at Rio Pro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Awesome. And you're sponsored by Toro BJJ? Yes, I am. That's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit about the match, just your general impressions of it. Um, it she was really tough. It was fun. Um, I know I, I like to do takedowns a lot, and it was different because I pulled guard the whole time. But it was nice. I wanted to co- uh, conserve energy and stuff, so... It was fun. Yeah, with the rule set, like I'm always interested in people's strategies for submission-only format matches because a lot of people just want to be on top, and a yeah. lot of people want to, like you said, be efficient. And it certainly worked out for you. So you, you wind up finishing with a bow and arrow choke. Um, can you talk us through the final sequence? Um, all I did was I put my hand through in the collar. I already had the collar grip from when I had the back before, so I just kept that grip the entire time and then went for the bow and arrow. Was there anything about the match that surprised you? Like anything she did that gave you trouble that doesn't ordinarily give you trouble or just something that, that, that was unusual about the match? Um, I wouldn't say anything was unusual. Just yeah. another day at the office? Yeah, yeah, it was good, yeah. So um, this is your first Toro Cup? Yes, it's my first one. It's awesome. Yeah. Good, good experience setup. so far? Yeah, very cool. Awesome setup, good people. It's been nice, yeah. So that's Gabriella McAuliffe out of Rio Pro out of Ohio. It comes out to her first Toro Cup and finishes with a bow and arrow choke. So let's talk about the the other the co-main event, um, which will lead us into talking about Revol- and let's talk broadly actually about Revolution BJJ's performance. They send down three people, all three end up winning their matches by submission. We're going to talk to each of those in turn, but let's let's begin with uh, the black belt Daniel Frank, rig- really avid competitor, uh, ends up going against Michael Allen in a rematch from one from a previous right. Toronto Cup and ends up finishing by triangle choke. 
Yeah, yeah. He ended up setting up. I've been. <laughs> I've actually like taken two classes from Daniel on the his lapel guard and what he does. And I actually like from those two classes. I like. I play a pretty good lapel guard, and like I frustrate a lot of people at the academy and like you know when we train with the lapel guard. It's it's literally from two classes with with Daniel. Um, but so watching this match from the sidelines, I saw him starting to set it up, and I knew exactly what he was doing because it was what he did from one of the two classes that I went to, and he was he was playing his like lapel plata game where he controls the lapel and kind of isolates it and. Like the way you would break a person down with an omoplata in the armpit with your leg in their armpit, he has his leg in the person's lapel that he can kind of chop them down and can control posture with. And he was able to use that control of posture to, to set up the triangle choke over the opposite shoulder, um, which was which is very nice, which is a really cool finish to see happen. And um, happy to see him have success. He he's probably trains more than like anybody else I know. So... Yeah, when I went up to train at Revolution for a, for a week or so, I was like, I'm going to take as many classes as Daniel Frank, and everyone just had a good chuckle uh, because that's impossible. Like, right. You know, and, and, and so it is great to see somebody, to see hard work pay off of that nature. And what I thought the big difference in this match was, as opposed to their previous match, was I think Michael Allen played very conservatively in the first match where he, he didn't want to stand because he didn't want Daniel to initiate that lapel guard game. It's very difficult if the guy tries to pass on the knees. It's actually kind of impossible. But this time, he stood to pass. Daniel was able to, to pull out his lapel and work the game that you, that, you just, that you just explained. And once you get into that rabbit hole, it's a difficult rabbit hole to get oh, out of. It's the, it's, I try to explain to people, they're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because it's so annoying, and I hate it when people do it to me. Like, once the, like you said, like, you, know, you can start playing with the lapel, but once he's fed it through and locks that, that grip on the, like, the tail of the lapel through your leg... <laughs> Outside of just like playing tug of war with them, it's very hard to untie, especially once they have like they sort of have one step ahead of you, right? Definitely, and you know, and you know, Daniel was kind enough to give a, a worm guard mini seminar at our Concussion Gas Carnival live event last year. When so, thank you again for that, Daniel. Really appreciate it. And I, I agree with John's assessment about like you know, you take a couple classes from Daniel, and like if you just have the fundamentals of that, it's so difficult. Like it, you can become a problem to people that even are more experienced than you, or much larger than you. Michael Allen, I, I don't know exactly how much bigger he is than Daniel, but he's bigger. And you see Daniel at U.S. grappling events he use this to great success against guys who are much much bigger than he. That's when I use it. The most is against guys that are bigger than me that like are gonna try to like do the like the leg throw or I think people have come up with a technical term for throwing somebody's legs over their head I, heard, I think I heard it a couple times yesterday but anyways when like the, when like the big guy wants to just like throw your legs around and stack you and like you know be super rough with you well if we're tied together you can no longer do any of those things so like it's really nice right so I, I use it a lot when when I'm uh, competing or training with somebody that's much bigger than me or like spazier than me or I'm tired and I need to slow the game down. It's it's perfect for that. Yeah, you know, as an old guy, I appreciate everything that helps me. Uh, <laughs> I w you know, I would never stall. But slowing the game down is awesome. Um, and so congratulations to Daniel. Another terrific performance, another submission victory. Um, and as I mentioned, Revolution BJJ goes 3-0. and I had brief interviews with each of the other Revolution guys. I want to talk with each of those, but I also want to make sure that we, we save some, some time to talk uh, about other matches that you want to talk about. So we'll just Also, before we finish up on that match, I, 
the one thing I thought was really, really awesome after that match, Michael Allen came up and asked asked for the microphone. And to be honest, I I was kind of scared. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know what was gonna happen. You know, somebody just comes up and asks for the microphone, but like, you can have the microphone, sure, say whatever you want. And he kind of, you know, went on a little talk about you know how awesome this country is and how much we should support our veterans and how they don't get enough of the support. You know, he thinks they deserve more support. You know. Blah blah blah, being very very supportive of our veterans and our country, and you know, explaining how great it is to bring everybody together. And I, I thought that was very awesome, you know, for for somebody to essentially disregard the loss that just took place and think about the bigger picture at hand, especially right now. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, and hopefully that's something we can all agree on. That, yeah. You know, to take care of veterans, particularly on this, this yeah, yeah, this I was, week of all. I weeks. was pretty, I was very very happy about that. Yeah. So, and it's great to see Michael Allen competing again. You yeah, know, it's yeah. nice to see him on the mat. So, thanks to him, uh, and thanks to Daniel for putting on th- those two guys put on a great match. So, the other two Revolution BJJ guys, one of those guys was the first match. Kicked off the event, Ta- Travis DePriest from Revolution BJJ went up against Anthony Garavaglia, who I hadn't seen compete before, but I was very impressed with. Oh yeah. And uh, and Travis ends up winning by bow and arrow choke, but that was a terrific back and forth match between two smaller, really transition based guys. Yeah. So, like we, I mean, this match came to fruition. Like we've talked in the in the past, like I like. A lot of these matches are guys that like I've competed against and they beat me. So I'm like, man, that guy's pretty good, right? <laughs> or like we train together and they're really annoying. And like that's both of these these guys. I train with Travis at Revolution um, every time whenever I'm in town, and um, I've I've trained with Anthony at Revolution also. And they're both awesome, awesome um, jujitsu competitors. They they both have different games. Um, Anthony has a very like he has a dynamic game. I see him do a lot of like flying attacks sometimes, and uh, yeah, like, to, like, like the like pass. the other Anthony, right? <laughs> They're both soaring through the air. Um, Travis the Priest is like he's like that stoic, like my face doesn't change, like I just do what I do and let's go kind of thing. I, I really enjoy watching them fight, and I I knew I knew this was going to be an insane matchup. I know Jin Kui was like super pumped for this matchup, so I think they've both beat him. So he's kind of like of the same sentiment, like, well, both these guys beat me, so they have to be really good, right? <laughs> well, in this case, absolutely, both these guys are really good. And you mentioned the stoic nature of Travis DePriest during a match. <laughs> during the match, Anthony caught him in an ankle lock, and Travis's foot made a pretty sick pop. And I talked to Travis after he finished the match about that, and here's what he said. So how, how, how did you feel about the match? Uh, I felt like it was a really, really good opponent. So it was like definitely a tough match, but uh, really good scrambles. And I was just happy I could get on the back when I did. It looked like you had really powerful back control because he had some really good escapes. He seemed really explosive, but you were able to maintain back control for like two-thirds of the match. Yeah, I, uh, once I get to the back, I like to stay there. And then some people like to transition to other things but I like to stay on the back and then when they escape that's when I try and go for the attack. And so you didn't wind up finishing with a bow and arrow choke was that one of the things that you just described where he tries to escape and you set up the attack? Right they'll usually turn to their hands and knees and they're not expecting me to get the bow and arrow choke from that position so I'll hit it from there and roll under and finish. And you wound up doing that so congratulations. Thank you. I noticed that your ice in your foot, he had a, an ankle lock attack. Yeah. Uh, I'm not feeling any pain right now, but I definitely heard some noises, <laughs> some crinkle and pop. So uh, probably a good idea to ice it. 
Never a bad idea. I mean, and you train with, you know, you train at Revolution BJJ with a bunch of guys that like to attack your feet. So I imagine this isn't the first time you've had a footlock attack. Yeah, we've been uh, doing it Nogi November at Revolution BJJ. So it's, we were actually drilling ankle lock escapes all last week and learning, you know, counters to ankles, locks like heel hooks, which you can't do, but uh, definitely helped escape that tight ankle lock. It definitely worked today. Congratulations, Travis. Thank you. Thanks so much. So that was Travis DePriest, uh, winner by bow and arrow choke. The third member of Revolution in BJJ was Tyler Smith, who went up against Blaine Turnmeyer, went up winning that match by triangle. John, what do you remember about that match? Um, I remember Tyler Smith playing Tyler Smith's game. He's, again, he's kind of that that Revolution style of, like, I just calm, like, I'm, I'm out here chewing bubble gum and doing jiu-jitsu kind of thing, like put him in his guard and climbed his guard up and worked the triangle. I mean, uh, my interview with, with Tyler basically said that, with um, uh, along with busting on some people in the local scene that I thought needed to be busted on. And I, so, bet, I bet it's Sean McChesney. It could be Sean McChesney. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's find out. Let's go to the tape. Yes. Can you talk me through the match? What, what was going through your mind? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I had a game plan. Uh, whether he pulled guard or I pulled guard, that's what was going to happen. Uh, I wanted to pass, get to either half guard and go for that Kimura attack, which I did. And then he defended well. He was strong. And then uh, we had a scramble. Uh, I got back on top, went for that Kimura attack again, almost hit a straight arm lock, and then he got out of that. Then we rolled through, and I uh, got to guard and just hit a triangle on him. I did notice you were using the Kimura not just you know for the traditional like trying to submit the guy, but also to get to positions like passing the guard, taking the back, things like that. I know that Revolution you, at Revolution you guys train that sort of thing a lot. Yeah, I mean that's a big part of uh, my game. It's a big part of Andrew Smith's game, uh, who teaches at Revolution, and I don't know. I picked up on it, and it's something that works well for me. Who is worse at it, Sean McChesney or Tucker Scott? That's a tough question. Uh, probably Tucker Scott. Do you ever, when you're in a match being coached by Daniel Frank, just do the opposite of what he says just to make him angry? Most of the time, but sometimes he knows what he's talking about. I don't know. So was there anything about the match that surprised you? Uh, not really. Just had a game plan. Tried to do it, and I think I did what I was trying to do today. Awesome. Well, congratulations, Tyler. Thank you. So congratulations to Tyler Smith, uh, Daniel Frank, and uh, Travis DePriest, all the guys from Revolution BJJ who went 3-0 and at the Toro Cup 5. We got about seven minutes left in the show, and so I want to make sure we save at least a, a few minutes to talk about uh, U.S. Grappling Submission Only Richmond coming up on December 10th. I know that's a big event that people are going to be excited about. But first, John, are there other matches that you want to throw out as things that you noted that were significant, things that you thought were particularly uh, noteworthy, or, or any, uh, any any other impressions that you want to share with the listeners? Oh, man, I was watching CJ's fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's live radio, John. We gotta... I know, I'm the worst. I'm yeah. the worst. I'm the worst. <laughs> It'll happen. Well, a couple matches that I wanted to shout out. Like I thought Brad Acosta versus Andrew Foster was really entertaining. Ooh. Brad really Brad really came out there and did what he wanted Man, to do. Caught he, a crucifix right away. He came out like somebody lit a match under his butt before. Like you know, he came out and caught that crucifix at the very beginning and was dominant from that position. He kept he kept switching the way he was trapping the arm every time Andrew mm-hmm. tried to escape. I was very impressed with that. Yeah, really secure, dominant position. Brad Acosta, I know Brad really wanted to win this match. Um, two of the, you know, that was one of the matches I was most excited about watching. I, I talked about that on the show, and it did not disappoint. Another match that I, that I thought was excellent, and frankly, I, I thought, you know, 
the, I was impressed with both competitors. I really thought Shayla Two versus Kim DeFiore was fantastic. My arm hurts. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. So for those, so th- this match ends up being decided on points. It didn't get get a submission. Shayla passes guard, wins on points. But at one point, Shayla caught Kim in an arm lock that. I, I mean, I was I wasn't even reffing, and I was I mean, my arm hurt. Everybody was panicked. Like John, do you wanna? It was terrifying. She had it pretty good, and then Kim started defending, and ended up like stepping around, and then Shayla started like bending it back over her leg the other way, and oh my god, it was terrifying. <laughs> and Kim is such a tough person, and such a like such a game competitor. That and she made a comment about this. I don't know if I would be joking about this if I were my arm, but if it were my arm, but she was joking about it that, like, you know, she was joking about your face during the match, your look of horror. As and 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 so, if you if you want to watch this match and sort of see what we're talking about, about 13, you can go to the Facebook page, Cage Soccer Side Radio, and watch Shayla 2 versus Kim DeFury. And uh, about 13 15 into the video is where this takes place, and just slick transitions and. From Shayla and Kim ends up escaping, and I don't know how. I frankly don't know how. Yeah, she has a conversation with Beverly with something to the effect of, like, yeah, well, I really wanted to try this escape, so I figured I'd go for it, and either my arm would break or I would escape. I mean, Kim's bananas. I mean, that's. I mean, I guess that. I mean, that's that's warrior spirit, but that's also like, man, you got to look at the size of the impact. Like, either you know, I, I mean, if I wow, either the escape works or my arm breaks. I, well, I messaged her to ask last night to ask her if her arms okay, and she said, yeah, my arms, wrist, and ankles are extra bendy. Was her response to me? So she's fine. Well, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. Uh, the one last match that I want to talk about briefly, and we'll, then we'll we'll, tra- we'll talk we'll we'll pro- preview U.S. grappling sub only Richmond. Uh, two uh, American veterans, Bryce Mahoney from Forge Fitness and Matt Zamora from Team Rock, um, had I thought a really good back and forth match. Where uh, sorry, sorry, only one veteran, only one veteran. It's oh, very confusing. Oh. Matthew Zamora is not. His oh. wife is in the military. Oh, he is a okay. firefighter, which is also. Uh, Very for, admirable. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I do yes, love yes. our first responders. Yes, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy them too because sometimes your house is on fire. <laughs> yeah, and you need them. And and by the way, you should check out our interview with Jason Mask, who is both a veteran and a firefighter, which is up on SoundCloud right now. But anyway, I thought that was I thought that was a terrific match between two game competitors. Uh, Zamora wins uh, ends up winning by ankle lock. Yeah, he came out again. He's like I don't know what was happening in that cage, but some of these guys like they came out super aggressive and. And and that was Matthew Zamora. He he came out. I was coaching Bryce, and you know Matthew Zamora just executed a very good good game plan. and was a lot for Bryce to handle. Yeah. So anyway, a terrific event. It you know the most matches that we've ever had on a Toro Cup. A bunch of exciting matches. A bunch ended by submission. Raised a bunch of money for uh, for geese for GIs and some geese. So congrats to everybody who's involved, and thanks to everybody for organizing that. John, do you have any final thoughts before we preview U.S. Grappling Richmond? Yeah. Thanks to Boomer for. You know, for being the for Boomer and Seth, uh, you know, Boomer sets up most of Toro Cup. I do some of the matchmaking. That's kind of the easy part. He does, you know, the other ninety percent of it, and then you know, Seth provides a free place for us to hold an event, which is which is huge. You know, if it wasn't for that, this it literally wouldn't be possible. The whole game changes. You know, you're not able to do ten dollar admission, donate half of it to charity, right? You can't do that if we're having to pay for a place to run the show and, and do these things. So Yeah, so know. thank big thanks to James Boomer Hogan from Cage Side Fight Company and Toro BJJ. Does a lot to support the local scene. Seth Champ, Hoist Casey Black Belt, owner of Triangle Jiu Jitsu, Durham, North Carolina. Thanks to both of you guys.
So we got about two minutes left, and I just want to talk about briefly uh, U.S. Grappling Sub-Only Richmond happening December 10th. This is one of the most fun events of the year. U.S. Grappling Sub-Only events are always awesome. Yeah, yeah, Sub-Only. Um, it'll be happening December 10th at the Farm Bureau Center in Richmond. Um, if you have kids, it's directly across the street from King's Dominion. So, you know, <laughs> make a weekend of it. There's some hotels right there. Um, our submission-only tournament is unlike any other submission-only tournament that I know of. In that we run a real submission-only tournament, meaning that you are going to step on the mat and you are going to grapple your opponent until one of you quits. All right, That'll be every single match. So there's no times. There's no points. You're going to go until somebody either gets submitted or somebody says, I don't want to fight anymore because I'm a sissy, and they quit. Right? So that's- You're actually required to say those exact words. Well, no, you don't. You can just quit, but uh, for shame. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for a lot of the people out there that really like submission only, or if you've never competed before, in my my opinion, this is one of the best events to compete at. There's no pressure. Um, you know, there's no point. So the person takes you down, whatever. The person passes your guard, whatever. It's just like rolling at the academy every day. That is December 10th. It is. I concur with John's assessment. That's an awesome event. We got to get on out of here. My name is Jeff Shaw. This is John Bagel. That's John Bagels Telford. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. Thanks to everybody who made Toro Cup possible. To all the folks at US Grappling, and we will see you next Sunday. Mm-hmm.